Welcome to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. Prepare for compelling conversations, actionable advice, and those aha moments that create leaders. Here's your host, Dave Brown. All right, I am excited today. I have got an amazing guest, and this this individual is going to light it up today for all of you listeners. When I start to share a little bit of uh, of the background, you're going to quickly see why I was excited to have Clifton Muckenfoos on the podcast today. Clifton, welcome to the to welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Dave, I'm doing exceptionally well. As I always say, somewhere between exceptional and fantastic. That is awesome. Well, if you don't mind, I know you're humble. I'd like to give uh, just a little bit about your background and your bio, because if I were to ask you, you'll you'll downplay it because you're humble. But I just want to share a few things. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. All right. So Clifton is a serial entrepreneur by by background. He's got an extensive background in sales, marketing and leadership. And that's what really attracts me to this guy, his leadership style. Um, He is a graduate of Clemson University. Love your football program there, by the way. Uh, He's got a bachelor's degree in marketing communications with a minor in advertising, which helps him be extremely successful in this new digital age. Um, Over the last 17 years, you have co-founded and scaled multiple service-based companies while successfully negotiating exits, which is kind of the other side of that equation. Um, I think one of the things I wanted to highlight here, uh, you teach and you embrace the concept of raving fans, which we'll be talking about on this episode. And then the last thing is in 2021, Clifton founded Building Raving Fans, which is a coaching training business merging technology with human connection. And and, and I could go on and on, Clifton, but wow, that's a, that's a lot right there, buddy. Dave, I, I appreciate you sharing sharing that with the listeners and uh it's it's been a it's been a lot of stuff happening in that 17 years of entrepreneurship. So uh yeah, I'm happy to uh take this conversation wherever you want it to go. And uh my hope is that uh just one person listening to the show, uh whenever it is that it airs, I just hope that one person can be encouraged, inspired, motivated, you know, to do something maybe different. Uh, hopefully some of the conversation that we talk about today will will really light someone on fire and, and, and maybe transform his or her life forever. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, in the leadership space, I have been a, I want to, I, I don't want to say a disciple, but I have been a very avid follower and reader and have studied literally anything and everything John Maxwell could put out on the topic of leadership. And so your style and your leadership in the industry really attracts me to you. And I know our listeners are going to be excited as well. So let's dive in because I've got some questions that I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll if you are. You ready? Let's, Let's make it happen. All right, man. So let's talk about, first of all, I want to talk about a little bit of personal growth and how that translates into the professional success. So how is your personal philosophy and lifestyle influenced your approach to business and leadership? It's a great question. And so I, I think, you know, it's it's best that I kind of, you know, go back for, uh, go back a bit. And uh, Dave, as an only child, you know, growing up, uh, I didn't have brothers and sisters to, you know, bounce ideas off of or, or bounce Legos or, or toys off of either, uh, and, and fight and play with. And, and so growing up, I, I was always, you know, seeking the approval of others and I was always doing things and acting in a way that I thought I could get people to like me. Okay. Right. And so it was kind of like this, this really this facade for, for so many years, um, you know, through through grade school and high school and, and, and after, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, Dave, I was programmed to believe that you have to go to college because if you don't go to college, you're never going to get a good job. J-O-B. Right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, looking back, Dave, that's how my my parents were raised and that's how my grandparents who grew up through the Depression. And all, so that's what they knew. My granddad was an entrepreneur. 
Um, but, uh, but that was kind of how I was programmed. Like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta study. You gotta, you know, go to college. You gotta get good grades so you can get a good job. And so that's all I knew. Yeah. But along that way, Dave, uh, you know, so I went to college and again, uh, I was always, you know, seeking the approval of others. And, and so I acted in a way that, you know, led me to really a lot of trouble. Mm. Uh, I, I keep this, I've got, a, I've got an envelope over here on my desk and it's got, um, it's got 10 pages in it and it's uh, my arrest record. Mm. Uh, and uh, there's seven offenses in there ranging from all kinds of stuff. Um, and so, but I was fortunate enough uh, to, to graduate from college. And while in college, I did three internships, three marketing internships with a Fortune uh, 500 company. But I was still, after graduating, I was still just living for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. Right? Dave, I, I spent the majority of my life with a mindset of chasing opportunity, chasing a good time, chasing acceptance and all this stuff. What I found was I had a hole in my heart. H-O-L-E. Right. In 2018 is really sort of the the, the tipping point for me. Uh, Up until then, you know, I'd had a couple of successful businesses. Uh, I had a a construction company that was just, I mean, wildly successful. Uh, I had three kids and a wife. My businesses were doing well, but my relationships really were not. And so on December 23rd of 2018, I made a commitment, right? I made a commitment with myself that I was not going to continue to live only for me. It was going to be about we. Wow. Okay. And so what I committed to at that point is, all right, well, I know that I need to have some healthy habits in my life. Up until then, I was, you know, partying, drinking, smoking, doing all this stuff, self-sabotage. But again, remember, I had a great business. But I realized on that day that I needed to make some changes. And so your listeners can't see this, but I downloaded the MyFitnessPal app on my phone. And everything I've put in my body since that day, I've tracked. Water, food, snacks, whatever. Okay? And so, again, I made that commitment because I realized I started seeing people that had things in their life that I wanted. And, you know, maybe it was a better relationship. It was this, it was a relationship with God. What is it about those people that I looked up to that I wanted to emulate? And so I started modeling some of those behaviors. And so I've gone on this personal development journey, if you will, for over five years. Wow. And so, because I believe that a business is an extension of the person who has been chosen to steward that business. And so if I want my business to really be successful, I myself have to first be worthy of leading that business. And two, I'm probably going to have to become someone different. I love that. And so that was what I did. December 23rd, 2018, it started with my fitness pal. Uh, and then I developed a championship day that involves Bible studies, prayer, uh, working out, uh, reading all kinds of things that I had never done up to that point. And so that's why I believe that the personal development obviously yes. goes into the, the business development side. I love this. I love this. So let me ask you a question about that. You mentioned, and, and I get excited talking about this. You mentioned a couple of finding a couple of mentors in that space that you could emulate. And, and I'm very careful and maybe because I'm I'm old enough now that I, I don't get caught up with, let's say, a social media celeb and put them as a, a, quote, idol or, you know, somebody that I want to emulate. But I do have people, and I mentioned John Maxwell. So for me, he has been an instrumental person that I, I align with his values and what he teaches. Did you, can you be specific? Was there anybody like that in your life that, that you emulated to try to be closer, uh, like they were acting and in, in representing themselves at that time? Yeah, absolutely. Maxwell is someone who definitely uh, comes to mind for me as well. Okay. Uh, you know, John was a preacher for, for many, many years, right? Yes. 
Yeah. And so I really resonated with with Maxwell as well. I, I didn't share that with you off air, but when you said that, I'm like, wow, that 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 lands here. Yeah. Uh, because you're exactly right. He's someone uh, that has incredible leadership skills. He's built very successful businesses. He's written uh, countless books on the topic. Yes. But his tonality, his delivery, his love and empathy for people is just something that is very attractive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and another person that, that I really, you know, I, I, I just adore was my father. I say was because my, my dad passed away uh, in August of last year from brain cancer. Oh, and um, he was my guy. He was my rock. Every time I would be facing um, something, a struggle in business, he was the first person I would be, I'd be calling, hey, Pops, here's what I'm facing. Uh, what are your thoughts? And uh, he had a way of, of helping me see things differently because I would get very emotional. Business owners, we get emotional. Absolutely. Right? And, because, yeah. and, I, and I've learned that the reason why a business owner, him or herself, gets so emotional when things happen is because they're passionate about their business. Yeah. But also as great leaders, we have to channel that passion and emotion into productive ways. And so he helped me do that. But, uh, but Maxwell is someone that uh, I really, really uh, enjoy listening to. Uh, I enjoy his, his materials. And so I would also agree that he would okay. be someone uh, I've never met in person. Mm-hmm. But what I find very fascinating, Dave, like just like you and myself, there's people all over the world that you've impacted, that I've impacted, that John Maxwell has impacted, that we have no idea. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. And so while we look at and we express that, yes, Maxwell, John Maxwell has been a mentor to me. He has just set the example of what we want. And so we strive to live in accordance with some of the ways that he, he talks about. That is so cool. So let me ask you this, and it's not, I'm just kind of drilling into this a little bit or diving in. It's not a question that I had prepared, but when you made this change, December 23rd, 2018, what did that, just share, what did that do for the family dynamic and how has that improved that, which then I'm, and then we'll get into how that's then helped improve the business even more and make that even more successful. So talk about that, if you will. Yeah. So again, when I made that, so I'm going to, I'm going to share something with the audience real quick, real quick. So when I do keynotes and things like that, when I'm talking to groups of people, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the speeches that I give often is the, the eight key characteristics or success principles of becoming a champion, right? Okay. There are certain things that you have to do and there are certain characteristics of a champion. The first one is commitment. So that's a written contract with yourself. Right. In order to become someone new, better, different, you have to change, but you have to commit to something. And so I made that commitment on January or uh, December 23rd, 2018. And the second part of that is habits. There's 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 good habits that are going to have to be formed and there's bad habits that you're going to have to free yourself from. Right. Then there's association who you are associating with. And this is why it's related. Because you asked me about the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that if I was going to live for we, Mm -hmm. there were going to be some people that I was probably going to have to stop hanging out with. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. I was going to have to disassociate from some people. And I didn't know it then, but three years After I made the commitment, one of those associations was a lifelong best friend. Man, that's hard, isn't it? Yeah. But I I embrace the fact that God has a unique journey planned for every single one of us. Yeah. It's our job to enjoy that journey. But to answer your question, how did it impact the family dynamic? I just said, hey, listen, guys, this this is the person you've been seeing. This is not the person that I want to be. This is not the person that you deserve. And so I'm making a commitment to be better. I love that, Clifton. That is amazing. Okay. Uh, Let's move into a little bit of business. I'm going to stick with leadership. One more question. We'll see where that goes. Okay. But 
as a, as part of being a strong leader, and, and I'm one of those, I see a lot of people making quotes or statements about leadership online. And I, I, I ha hate to say it and admit it, I sometimes will look at that and think, you're not even close to what leadership is. That's just a quote that you're pulling and you don't even know what you're saying. But as a leader, a strong leader, you have to impact the team members around you, okay? So what are the, if there, if you can maybe quantify, are there certain elements or strategies that you deploy that helps drive, you know, a culture of sales and a sense of belonging with team members for that, that drive ultimately higher productivity and better results? Yeah, I think it all starts, Dave. And first of all, you're, you're exactly right. Right. We, 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 we find things and, and, and we post it and, you know, we, we yeah. sometimes own it like it's our own and, and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and you're exactly right. I think that there's a lot of people that are in love with the thought of being a leader because somehow those people believe if they are considered a leader, they therefore then have influence. Yes. And so they fall in love with that instead of actually leading people. Yes. They fall in love with the idea of being a leader. Mm -hmm. What I believe that the core foundation of leadership is, is, is finding out what motivates a person. Why is that person doing what he or she is doing on your team? What motivates them? I think John Maxwell even says like there's, there's, there's three questions that you can ask a person that will tell you everything you need to know about them. What makes you smile? What makes you cry? And what makes you sing? And if you can get the answers to the, and he's right on the money. Yep, absolutely. And so when we were bringing people into our team or bringing people onto our team, beyond your compensation, what motivates you? Right? What are you motivated by? Because if, if you don't have a why, you don't have a purpose behind what you're doing and why you're showing up every single day, the money actually doesn't matter. The money helps you provide your basic, you know, provide for your basic human needs. There's got to be something deeper there. So we would find out and I would find out what, what motivates that person. And then I truly care. Not lip service. I truly care. I pour into them because I'm like, look, you've shared with me that this is important. This goal is important to you. Okay, great. How can I get you there? And I can remember one of our employees um, who, who became a good friend of mine. When he joined our team, he was living in a two-bedroom apartment. There was a family of four. He had a special needs son. And he wanted a single family home. And, and, and several years later, we put opportunities in front of him. And uh, he was the only person earning income in that family. And he bought a four-bedroom house. Wow. Wow. And so we were able to be a catalyst for that guy's family's life to change forever. And so finding out what motivates the person. Yeah. Finding out how we can put opportunities in front of them to maybe live out that purpose or help them achieve some of those goals. I ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I don't ask questions to pry and probe because I'm nosy. Yeah. I ask questions, Dave, because I care. There you go. Because now, if I know the person and I see he or she doing something, I can highlight that in front of other team members. I can, you know, motivate them to, to, to chase something else. And so, you know, I think that uh, empathy is a, is a huge part of, of leadership. Yeah. And, and truthfully, I, I approach leadership with a heart of service. After every one of my current one-on-one -on -one calls, and even with coaching clients and with my colleagues, I, I end most of those calls with this. If you were my client or you were my colleague, Dave, I would say, hey, Dave, we're coming up on the end of our time here. How can I serve or support you or be a blessing in your life today? And I truly believe so that. And so I would have people sitting across from me and I would say that, and, and I just genuinely care. And then, and then finally, Dave, I think that uh, a sign of a good leader is to not take all the credit. I didn't take the credit. We want, we want, our companies want awards 
all across the country. We were well-known, nationally recognized. I never, I never took credit for that. These people did that, right? And so I believe that um, those are the, the, the characteristics that I uh, deployed then or employ now that, that you know, are, are good leadership qualities. You know, the thing you said that I, that I, that resonates with me the most is when your, when your team members and other people truly know that you care, there's, there's something powerful that takes place in that moment because then they, they won't leave you for money typically, unless it's really good. Uh, but typically they will stay and they will they will take a sword for you and go to battle because they know you're going to be there side by side with them. And fortunately, you don't have to take a sword, so to speak, in business, but they they will fight with you and come alongside you. And I, I call it the push pull. Uh, sometimes you have to kind of get behind people and push them a little bit. Right. Sometimes yep. I, I kind of relate it that you got to kind of like have a rope and and yeah, pull, pull them a little on. bit. But then all of a sudden, once in a while, you look beside you and it's like, hey, there you are. And yeah. then you get to start watching them go past you. And it's just the coolest, coolest thing ever. So thank you for sharing that. That was Clifton. That was that was amazing. So um, I want to come back and, and ask you a question, if you don't mind, about your father. What was a what was a life lesson or a business lesson that he was able to impart to you yeah. that was impactful? So I think my, my dad showed me a lot of things. Uh, he, he told me, if you just take care of people and you do the right thing. I know this sounds very simple, but most high performers and entrepreneurs like we want it to be complicated. And so we, we actually snub at. <laughs> Simple, right? We do. But I believe, Dave, that what he actually showed me and demonstrated for me is something that you could never get in a textbook. Mm -hmm. I could never have learned from anyone else I don't believe. But Dave, he shared with me or showed me how to look at a person and to be able to see or sense that that person was in need of something. Maybe there was some pain. It gives me chills. Hang on. Yep. And then he showed me and demonstrated how to pray for people. At moment's notice for complete strangers with full conviction and absolute faith. Wow. And there is no greater uh, advice or no greater wisdom that can be imparted, I believe, than that. Lifton, that right there is my definition. If I encapsulated everything, you, my friend, have a servant's heart. Um, that's incredible. Way to go. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that, you know, that experience with your dad. That's um, I know that's raw, but thank you because wow, I can tell, you know, the passion and and just what he meant to you. So I've got another topic. Let's move on to raving fans concept. Yeah. And I know you probably feel like this is a love fest, like, you know, between you or Maxwell, it's like, man, this resonates what you're saying, but I want to show you something. This was my first training module from 2006 when I gave a keynote. Okay. Wow. So for those listeners uh, that are not, you know, be able to see this, but you're listening, my very first keynote of impressions and I call it the first impressions, director of first impressions. And so when I, you know, as I started following you and seeing, you know, your client experience and the raving fans, I was like, oh my gosh, I get this guy, or at least I understand where he's going. You might be light years ahead of me, but man, I get it. And I'm excited. So talk to me about the raving fans concept. What is it and, and how do you put that into, you know, day-to-day -day practice and so forth? Yeah. You know, so when I started my construction company, Dave, I think, it, I think this is important because a lot of people in the trades or in business, they're good at a specific discipline, right? There may be a good HVAC technician, a good painter, a good uh, framer, a good plumber, 
whatever in the trades. And then they have this entrepreneurial seizure you've heard about. And they're like, oh, well, I can go do this on my own. I can go start my own company. And while most people are good at a discipline, most are not good at running a business. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and so for me, I was the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Like, I'm not the guy that can read blueprints. I'm not the guy that's going to be framing up a wall. I'm not the guy that's going to be, you know, changing out plumbing and, and, and doing this on an HVAC system. I'm not, that's not me. What I'm good at is connecting with people, figuring mm-hmm. out what's causing them pain, what brought us to this place today. Oh, and by the way, you've got a problem. I've got the solution to solve that problem. There is, there should be nothing that's standing in the way of me taking a solution and solving a problem. That's step one. Step two is now I'm going to deliver an experience unlike anything else you've ever experienced in the construction space. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, they're never on time. They're never on budget. Their communication's terrible. They show up sometimes. They might not show up. Right? This is what we right. think about construction. And so I took my business acumen and said all the pain points that most people associate with contractors. I'm going to solve. And so that's what we did. And so over the course of uh, probably the first maybe three or four years in business, like we had no money for advertising. Okay. Right? We didn't have expensive ad budgets. We started our company in 2010 at the tail end of the Great Recession in an established market. People were like, what are you doing? I said, just watch me. Hold on here. And so we figured out how can we take one customer, turn it into five, turn it into 10? And nobody else in the industry had been doing it like this. I mean, in one neighborhood, we took one job in one neighborhood, Dave. And I think by the time I sold my company, we had done like 60 or 70 projects in there. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so here's the raving fans. Raving fans are people so obsessive, so happy with your culture, your people, your process, your experience that they can't wait to go tell their friends, their family, their coworkers, and their neighbors. You know, I believe that a satisfied customer is a liability. Think about that for a moment. Your listeners, think about that for a moment because there's somebody listening to this podcast right now or when it releases and they're like, well, no, I want happy customers. A satisfied customer is a liability because that person is not obsessive about you. They're not willing to proactively go out and talk about you. Man, preach, keep going. This is so great. We have to create an exceptional client experience, something so memorable that they can't wait to tell people about it. Right? Because people want to have confirmation bias, like that they made a good decision. Yeah. Oh, I hired this contractor to do this, but he didn't really show up. But that's different than, hey, I hired, I hired this company over here, and the guy was absolutely amazing. His crew was amazing. Communication was great. This was great. So that's what we wanted to create. And that's what we did. And we grew our business to a 60 to 65% on average, about 62% repeat and referral. Oh, that's beautiful. And so I'm going to share this with you. Um, I got a referral from a customer and I was driving to this referrals house and I looked over, I turned down the street and I looked over and I'm like, huh, something looks different about that home. And I thought for a moment, I know we had done some siding. I know we had done the roofing. I said to myself, I think they got windows in that house. And so I called them. Hey, it's Clifton. Hey, what's going on? I mean, these people loved me like they almost adopted me. Hey, what's going on? I said, you know, just making sure everything's still good with the siding and the roofing and all that. Oh, yeah, everything was great. The project manager was great. The crew was great. I said, hey, I want to thank you for the referral. I said, but something stands out. Did you get your windows done? And they, Clifton, you do windows? Hmm. And it was at that moment, Dave, again, another tipping point Mm -hmm. that in that moment, I said, wow, how dare I? Somebody that made so many referrals didn't know that we had actually, that we actually offered another service that they bought from a competitor. Yeah. Yeah. And so that moment, I went to the appointment. After the appointment, I went back to my office and I said, here's what I just understood. Here's what I just came to realize, guys. Our customers will forget us. And here's the kicker. It's not our customer's job to remember us. 
It's our job, this team's job, to make sure they can't forget us. Now, how do we do that? Yes. And so we, we, we launched a couple of different programs. We called them the Raving Fans programs, where we would send gifts. We would send frequent communications. We would send handwritten thank you cards. We would send gift cards. We launched Nutty the Referral, or Nutty the, Nutty the Referral Squirrel. Um, <laughs> all of these things, Dave. And guess yeah. what? People remembered those experiences and then they faithfully referred us because right now, Dave, in every business, there is somebody, your, your competition, that is waiting and willing to deliver an experience so far above yours to take your customers if you just slip. And so we have to be mindful of that. Yes. Well, that's a great transition into with your, with your coaching company, Building Raving Fans, LLC. Let's go a little deeper now because you took the concept, and again, I love this because it's so close to what what I believe. And in a world, I think you said 66% referrals out of your client base. In a world in the construction industry, I don't know the statistics on that particularly, but I have to believe it's probably under 20% normally. Yeah, historically, it's about 15%. Okay, so you at 66 blew the doors, you know, kind of off on that. That is huge in any industry, but yours also. But now with your coaching business, knowing what you learned and discovered, that we have to be a, we, we build these referral advocates, I call them. Yes. Because we have a servant heart. We want to, you know, let them know we care, but it's also our responsibility to stay in front of them. Yes. Which is what you're doing with the raving fans. So talk about some of those strategies and campaigns. And then how do you help coach the people that you get to work with to deploy that with their teams so that they are top of mind so that they, they deserve and get that referral when something comes up? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, building raving fans was was the idea behind. So we so we did a lot of the fulfillment for the programs inside of our company. What we found though is it became pretty labor intensive. So then we we had some vendors over here that were fulfilling some of the programs. We were self self-performing or fulfilling some of the programs and some over here. And so in 20 when I was preparing to exit my company, I said, "Man, this has been working extremely well for me. Mm-hmm. It can probably work for others, right? Yes. Yep. And, and so what we've what we've done, Dave, again, is is taking technology and we've leveraged technology to enhance human connection. Because here's the thing. The golden rule of business, I believe, is everyone deserves to feel appreciated. Think about your customers whether it's a construction company, a bakery, a restaurant, a coffee shop, uh, an insurance company, a, a mortgage company, whatever. People, people spend their money. They work to save money, to spend money. And so we have an obligation and duty to make them feel appreciated. Yeah. And so What I think happens, actually, I don't think, I know what happens in today's business climate is business owners, sales leaders, sales managers, uh, and people are chasing the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. We're always, what's next? What's next? What's next? Instead of focusing on the people that have already trusted them. I believe this. It's much easier to sell to friends than it is to strangers. Yes. Yes. And so I wanted to be everyone's friend. Remember, I backed up as a kid. I wanted to be accepted by everybody. Now, as a business owner, I wanted I wanted my clients to call me for everything. If they needed something that they knew I didn't, I would get phone calls. Dave, our office would get phone calls as I finally transitioned out of don't call my cell phone. Um but we would get phone calls for, hey, I know you don't do irrigation or I know you don't do fill in the blanks. Who do you know because we trust you? Absolutely. And when you can put yourself in that position as the expert, the trusted expert that they know, even if you don't do it, you're going to refer them to a trusted person who you have vetted and have confidence in. Is that kind of where you're going with that? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. And, 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 and so uh, it was it was very important for us to be able to serve them. But so how we help companies is, again, like, I, I mean, I was handwriting thank you cards. We were after every project. Um, but again, at scale, that's difficult. Yeah. Right. And so what we've done is we've we've really vetted out some of the best fulfillment partners um, to, to launch our program. And so I'll just give you kind of an example. Um, in this example, let's let's say we have a, a company that um, does siding, roofing, windows and doors. OK, so that that customer comes in and uh, goes through the process the, 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 the company sells the job, they build the job. And then the project is finished. Most businesses just move on from there. Again, we're chasing the next opportunity. Well, what we do is we, we work with that business owner and say, all right, well, if you're using a CRM, now that customer has gone from job in progress to now job complete. And now here's where our customers for life engine comes in. Yes. Our, our platform. We take that information that customer, we bring it into our platform, and then in five to seven days, that customer gets an automatic handwritten thank you card expressing gratitude uh, for uh, their 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 uh, their patronage of your business. Totally unexpected. Most homeowners or most customers aren't expecting it, so it's like, wow. Yes, I feel special. Remember, golden rule of business. People deserve to feel appreciated. Yeah. And so then just a few days later, we drop them with another one that's got a QR code on it that drives them to leave the company a review. Several days after that, we may drop uh, a gift into their mailbox. Now, I want to share something with you. You can't, your, your listeners can't see this, but, but imagine a box shows up in the mail. Nice. It's a okay. night in, and inside this box, there's a, a, an admit one ticket. It's got a message on there. It's got some popcorn recipes on there. It's got some Amish country um, uh, rainbow unique blend popcorn. It's got some candy. It's got it. another box of candy, but then it's got a gift card to go rent a movie. How does that homeowner then feel receiving that gift? Here's what we've done. We've knocked it out of the part with that person feels appreciated, but now we've also enacted or initiated the law of reciprocity. And so then we just drop, we drop gifts quarterly to their clients and things like that. We hit them with newsletters and emails. And I mean, we've got programs, Dave, where a business owner can touch their client over 30 times in a year without the business owner actually lifting a finger. That is incredible. Now, can what businesses can utilize your service? Is it just is it just in the construction trade industry, or are, have you branched that out to everyone now? Let's talk oh, yeah. about that. A absolutely. So, you know, who who we help are home improvement companies, remodelers, siding companies, mortgage professionals, real estate professionals. Um, so, it, it has an application to really yeah. most all businesses. And here's I want to make this this distinction. Because again, this is one of the objections I hear when I'm doing demos and having conversations. But Clifton, I want something with my logo on it. And I'm like, cool. Can I just, can I share something with you about your logo? Sure, Clifton, what's up? Your customers don't care about your logo. Your customers do not care about your brand. You care about your brand because you're emotionally attached to it. And so <laughs> most people will well, that's not, that's not very nice. Hey, look, I'm here to just be true, be real, mm -hmm. right? We love our logos because we created it. We, 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 you know, had a brainstorming session and we it's could mine. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. Your customers don't care. And so, so um, anyway, so what we do is, is really applicable to, to most all industries, but not everybody's a good fit. Here's the thing. Our customers have to fit with my core values. Mm. Right? My yes. core values, give, give more than I receive. Yes. Respect, respect is given always. Execute, we don't talk about it, we do it. 
Attention to detail. By focusing on the smallest details, we can make the biggest impact and the best impression. And trust, all things are done with integrity. So here's the reality, Dave. While your business may be a perfect fit for what we have to offer, if you tell me you're ready to move forward and like, I don't hear from you for three or four weeks and like you blow a call off or you miss a meeting or something, hey, you just don't align with my core values. You're not even a customer right now. So how can I expect you to execute when you become a customer? Yes. And so while there's an application to most any business, you still got to align. I love this. This is so good. I mean, this is, you know, you pulled out uh, the cool thing about that box, Clifton, is it's not just the box. It's the fact you can shake it. There's something in it. There's intrigue. I'm thinking back in the day I used to years ago when Blockbuster had physical stores, right? Okay. I would send a movie coupon, go down and, you know, get yourself a movie. We'd send a microwave bag of popcorn, similar. So you've just brought that. And that was kind of one of my, you know, one of my, you know, tailing questions. How do we couple some of these strategies with this new digital world? Because we're not meeting face to face like we used to. So a lot of what you started to describe is delivering that client experience in a new, newer digital format for people, you know, is what you're trying to do. And you are executing on that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, we have a combination of, you know, physical gifts. Yes. Man, think about it. I want you to, you know, most people can, can, when they think about gifts, they can go back to their childhood and they can just remember what opening a gift feels like. Yes. And so people love, I believe people love getting things in the mail, especially something like this, because it doesn't have um, what appears to be like it's a, a, a bill. Right. Right. Exactly. So, it's not junk mail. Exactly. And so there's that intrigue. But 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 we also make sure that we get in front of and we stay top of mind where our clients are. And that's in our phones. That's in our emails, right? So we do, we, we, we leverage technology to drop e-newsletters, home maintenance tips, all kinds of things. I mean, we've created customized landing pages for our clients. Uh, to, we, we have a digital referral rewards program, right? So we are really, our company is really either an extension of an existing client experience department or we can become your client experience or concierge to plow. I love this. Um, Clifton, amazing stuff. So I have, we could keep doing this, but, you know, we've got to bring this to, start to bring this to a, a finality for this show. So I'm going to let you close out the show by, I'm going to do two things. First, for those that are maybe having to jump off, Go ahead and how do they contact you? Let's start with that. And then I'm going to ask you that again at the end of the show here. But how do people get a hold of you and to talk with you, whether it's coaching or to utilize this kind of a program? Absolutely. So I'm on social media, very active there. You can find me on Facebook at Clifton Muckenfoos, uh, on Instagram at Your Small Biz Coach, and then buildingravingfans.com uh, are probably the best ways. Awesome. All right, so here's my final question for you. You've started, you've alluded to a lot that a lot of these things that what you're doing, what you want to do, and I could make some assumptions, but better yet, I'm going to ask you directly. So you've accomplished a lot, but you're a young guy. You have a lot of larger future goals for personally, professionally, um, family goals, spiritual goals. So talk about in closing, what is the legacy? that you want to leave professionally and personally to be remembered by in the future? It's a great question. It's something that, um, that I think about uh, often. You know, people talk about uh, reading a legacy statement. You know, I, I wrote my own eulogy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I want nothing more than at my funeral for people to approach my children and simply say, gosh, your dad impacted my life. Your dad just, you know, his life, watching his life, he was such a role model, leading by example. Um, 
I really just want to leave behind um, three amazing humans, my son Chase, my son Cody, my daughter Cameron, and so that my legacy can carry on through them while providing the foundational principles that they can create their own. But I really want to be known for, and the legacy I want to leave is someone who um, inspired others to be better, to do better, to understand that God has a divine purpose for their life. And I want my life to resemble what a walk with Christ looks like. And some of the greatest compliments that I've ever gotten from clients are not hey, I wrote this sales record, or we achieved this, or we did that, or my team did this. I've gotten more feedback where they say, Clifton, you led me to Christ. Mm. And I, I have chills Yeah, saying that. Because, because that transcends and is greater than any business accomplishment I could ever hope for. Amen. Amen. Man, that is such good stuff. Um, Clifton, you know, that is, I think you said it. What I picked up there was your legacy isn't just about you. It doesn't stop at your funeral. It transcends because now you have, you know, you have these three amazing children that are carrying on that legacy, not to mention the thousands and millions of people that you're impacting while you're here. Um, the ripple, the ripple effect is huge. Um, and someday, you know, we're hopefully we we are both standing there, uh, you know, in heaven. I'm not yes. a golfer, but, you know, we're standing there and we're kind of looking at the big picture and going, man, I had a little effect on a lot of people. And that's pretty cool. And I want to share this with you. I was able to I've been in the mortgage industry for 30 years and I was able to bring my son, my older son, into the mortgage business three years ago. And what you just said, and I've transitioned my business off to him, and and but he was able to get to experience what you just described from people in the industry, uh, because I've done some okay things in the industry. And he's got to hear from people while I'm here, your dad has changed my life. And, and I got to tell you that that is, that's even cooler than him getting to hear it you know, at my funeral, um, hopefully, you know, cause my story's not done being written, yeah. but to get to, you know, he's kind of like, dang, you were kind of a big deal. At, you know, I'm like, eh, I've done a few things, man. Yeah. You know, it, but it's the coolest. So you, with, you know, you being your age and your kids, you're going to get to experience that, man. You haven't got that yet, but you're going to be able to bring your kids into business like I have. And then it's like, that is the, that gives me goosebumps because it's like, you just, it's the coolest thing ever. Um, when, when they see that and, and they get to see the impact that you're having while you're here, man, and I they love truly that understand thing. it. It's really cool. Because here's, here's, here's the thing. It's, it's like, cause as when they're young, we're superheroes. Yes. We can do no wrong. And then they go through life, they grow up and they see us make some mistakes, right? Sometimes they grow apart, whatever. It's just, they go through these phases. Yep. But now what you just described is that superhero now coming back. Now they're like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I eulogized my father, stood before, I don't know, maybe three, 400 people. And just the people that came up to me, now, again, it's a little bit different because you're still here, thankfully. Yes, yes. But to just hear like, wow, your dad did this for me and, and yes. impacted me this way and, and, and brought me to know the Lord and all this stuff. You're just mm. like, man. Wow. Yeah. And very, he very, didn't very have, yeah. He didn't have to talk about it. It was, and that's what made it so cool. He didn't, he never said a word to you about those things. He just quietly went about being a servant uh, for, for Christ and, and, in the, you know, being a steward in the business community and all of a sudden to see that it's like, well, I knew he did a lot, but he did. Wow. It's yeah. Good for you. So one more time, Clifton, how do people, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, um, on online? 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, Facebook at Clifton Muckenfoos, uh, Instagram, your small biz coach. Uh, and again, building raving fans.com. And I'll, I'll share one more uh, website with you. And that is a daily dose of motivation. So going on, gosh, I think about two and a half years now, every Monday through Friday, uh, between 8 and 8.30 a.m. Eastern, I send out, I've curated, created, and sent out a motivational, inspirational, encouraging text message and email. We've sent out tens of thousands of these. Our, our goal is to impact a million people across the world. And um, so if you go there, sign up for that. I'm not putting you in any kind of you know sales funnel or okay. anything like that. But the feedback I've received from those messages has just been absolutely amazing. Some of those messages have uh, transformed people's lives. So a daily dose of motivation.com. Leave those in the show notes. I love it. All right, listeners, I'm telling you, if you only got one thing out of this podcast, I know it's going to impact and change your life. If you listen to the entire episode, you probably, if you're like me, got multiple things out of this. Clifton, I want to thank you for being an amazing guest. Uh, you just made it so fun to talk with you. And I can't wait until, you know, I, you know I've got hundreds of episodes and we bring you back because the, the content you're bringing, again, my heart is aligned with the things you're doing. I respect you and it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much. And for anybody listening, please like and share. And Clifton, I want you to make it a spectacular day, my friend, because you are an incredible person impacting millions and millions of people. Dave, uh, I truly uh, appreciate that. It's been a true pleasure to uh, spend this time with you and your listeners. And uh, I hope you have an amazing day and go be great. Sounds good. See you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. If you took away something today, please like, comment, and share this podcast. See you next time.